I was talking about how it was hard to, you know, read and walk around or hard to do work when the kids were screaming or hard to do the, the exercises she had given me. And she said, you know, you, you're not going to break your brain by trying. This is TBI, Talking Brain Injury, with Brain Injury Alliance Colorado, sharing stories from TBI survivors and their supporters from all across the state. My name's Phil Lindemann. I'm a mentor with BX since 2019 and four-time recipient of brain injuries I don't even remember, plus the ones I do remember. In this episode, I talk with Joe Movic. He's a new father and a recent brain injury survivor who quickly learned you cannot quit being a dad just because you hit your head. Good thing about my kids was they pushed me outside of that comfort zone where it was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta find another way around this. <laughs> I can't turn the volume down on them and I can't leave. Joe talks about his kids, his wife, his job, and his support system there in Lafayette, Colorado, where he is still working hard to recapture some of the life he took for granted and working even harder to build the new life he wants for his young family. Hey, y'all, welcome back. It's Phil with the BAC Podcast, TBI, Talking Brain Injury from Brain Injury Alliance, Colorado. And today I got a friend from down in Lafayette. I got Joe with me, Joe Movic. Joe, how are you? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Joe. And I got to admit, you and I have never actually met in person. Remind me how it was that we got hooked up. Yeah, um, Susie Deverant uh, runs the meeting that I go to down here in Lafayette. We're just outside of Boulder. And we've had a couple people that have actually been on your podcast through that. And we talk about a lot of BAC stuff through that too. So, um, yeah, you know, just a, a lot of, a lot of BX things going around and heard about this. And I was like, man, that sounds so cool. And checked out the podcast and, um, have just been loving the episodes and thought, you know, not that I wanted to talk, but I thought maybe I had some things that I could share that would be helpful to some other people out there. Just like the things I've heard too. It's, it's crazy how the, uh, the spider webs of BX just keep stretching further and further, you know, like every corner of the state, um, I've, I've been running into folks that have, well, either benefited from BIAC or been part of it or heard of it. And we'll start right there then, Joe. So tell me a little bit, first of all, about your injury. It's pretty recent, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, just a little over three years, um, three years from it. Yeah. And, and what exactly happened? I like to describe it as a intense trash takeout procedure. <laughs> I, I, I left my house in my Christmas pajamas and um, slipped on some ice and Hit my head on the side of our house, uh, which is like a brick, a brick wall, and then uh, slipped onto the ground as well. And I do remember it was it was kind of crazy. I, it, our neighbor's car was on, so my first reaction, which I think most people do when they fall, was uh, embarrassment. Like, did anybody see what I just did? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then I I remember reaching. Uh, I hit my head kind of right behind behind my right ear, and I remember reaching back. Uh, Cause I felt like, man, there's gotta just be a piece of my head. That's not there. Cause I hit it so hard. Um, and I'd, I'd hit it hard, you know, before in my life too, but it was just one of those times I was like, okay, where, where's my skull missing? And it wasn't. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> Thank God, yes, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it's still pretty traumatic. And so I, you know, crawled back inside and called the doctor and, you know, they, they asked all the questions about whether I had passed out or vomited and, you know, none of that had happened. So stayed home and, you know, just rested for a while and did that for a few weeks. And after a few weeks of nothing getting better, we decided to, you know, explore it a little more. And this was like, uh, November of 2019. So still doctors were open and everything like that. But, uh, by the time I started looking for help it COVID was kind of hidden pretty hard. Um, so I found it really you know, something that I think is probably challenging to find help with anyway has got almost impossible. <laughs> 
Yeah, for sure. absolutely. Well, yeah, because like you said, 2019, that was right before the world shut down, months before, just uh, right around the corner. Um, and, well, <laughs> going back to your injury, like you said, slipping and falling on ice, one of those things that just comes out of nowhere. Like, like totally. you expected half your skull to be sitting there on the corner of your house. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I, I think rather than feeling bad for myself, like it was such a simple injury, the more people I talked to afterwards were, you know, I, I talked to friends who are doctors and they said, yeah, I've had clients who just didn't show up and it's because they slipped on the ice and they died or, you know, lost use of their spine or, or whatever. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm so lucky to <laughs> have only, you know, like injured myself as much as I have, but it's still like living in Colorado, like there's just ice everywhere. Yeah, and I notice that a lot more now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't matter where you live, whether you're down in Lafayette where you are or up in the mountains or even out on the plains. Like, yeah, seriously, especially early in the mornings when you're, you know, just a little mm -hmm. groggy and just a little uh, going through day to day life. Yeah. All of a sudden things can jump out and grab you from anywhere. And that's the wildest thing I think about some of those injuries um, is that. There, there's lots of folks involved with BAC that have had serious, serious trauma, you know, car accidents, motorcycle accidents, multiple uh, traumas over a short span, time span. Um, and then there's that one fateful morning, like you said, in your Christmas right. pajamas <laughs> that you just like, exactly. uh, th that can change everything. Um, now, I really want to talk about the, the, the struggles you ran into with, you know, trying to get help in the midst of COVID. Um, cause that's something that I haven't had the chance to talk to a lot of folks about is, you know, well, either how help dried up or became even exponentially harder to find. Um, so I guess, where did you reach out to first? You know, when you, when you said things just aren't getting better. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I eventually went in and saw my primary care doctor and I don't mean to throw any shade on the medical community because you know, it, I'm sure a lot of people hit their heads a lot of the time and most of them probably get better, but you know, they ran me through kind of the, what I found was the normal gamut of questions, um, you know, about passing out and about, uh, vomiting. And then a lot of things that would point to maybe uh, bleeding in the brain and whatnot. And, you know, they, it's just kind of an in and out thing where it was, well, you seem, you seem okay. You know, you're talking and you're walking and, um, so, you know, we'll just kind of go from here and get some rest and <laughs> figure it out. And, uh, and thank, thankfully to my, my wife's credit, who really pushed me to kind of keep following up, up with people was when, you know, you just got to like get on the phone and just start calling people. And, um, that's kind of what I started doing right around COVID time. So I, I called, uh, through my insurance, I called a neurologist and I called a speech therapist, which were two people that I did not know um, you even reached out to with a brain injury. Um, but my speech therapist was really helpful for sure. She uh, she kind of became the point person that actually like sat me down and said, here's the people to reach out to. Um, but yeah, and I'm kind of all over the place right now. But she uh, mm -hmm. she gave me a bunch of numbers and you know it was like probably March through... October, a lot of the offices were closed and they just weren't seeing people. Um, and especially new patients. And I, I understand because everything else was closed too. So a lot of that time kind of between March and April was just sitting around and trying to find 
uh, I guess like home remedies <laughs> for things and trying to rest and trying to, you know, I, I couldn't really watch TV or read. Um, and so that was really difficult. And I think when I did find, um, some of these practitioners that ended up taking me in, you know, they were the ones that had been open, but you can only see so many people, um, you know, as an office, it's not like you can have a thousand people come in every week. So I think some of it, it's just hard to find people that are willing because they're, you know, it's people like me find them and we're like, yeah, I I'm getting on the schedule. <laughs> yeah. I don't want somebody new going in too. Cause I, I want to get in here and get healed as well. Yeah. It's, it, it's one of those things that we heard from folks with, you know, all range of, um, medical issues was that, doctor's offices were backed up or they weren't taking new patients or they were, you know, telehealth and some people that just doesn't work for them. You know, luckily we've seen some, I think we've seen some, some good come out of it. You know, the, the telehealth bill that was signed that, uh, expanded, you know, treatment for folks that actually can't go see a doctor in person. Um, but man, God, it was, it was a rough, rough two or three years there, especially for somebody like yourself with a brand new injury, trying to like, well, wrap your head around what happened to my head. Um, <laughs> and what it's going to mean for you now, your, your speech therapist that you, uh, found, uh, where was she based out of? She, she was in Kaiser at the time and she was out of uh, Lafayette as well, which was really convenient. Okay. Um, and I can't, I mean, I think she was a special one, but I can't recommend what, what they know and what they do enough. You know, she just really, really had all the tools that the other people that I was trying to get the tools from did not. <laughs> got it. And you got to remind me, what is it you do for yeah. work? Um, I'm a cameraman for, uh, television and commercial work here in Colorado. And I used to travel, uh, you know, about a third of the year and that's down, down quite a bit in the last few years due to various, <laughs> various brain injury and COVID related reasons for sure. Yeah. So um, your job specifically depends on, well, screens and eyes and d demands on your brain, the sort of things that a lot of people with TBI just find insanely difficult. Yeah. And bright, bright flashing lights and long days and, you know, sometimes working overnight or whatnot. So it, it gets interesting sometimes. Yeah. So, well, uh, um, when it came to finding health providers, did you have health insurance through your job, through your wife's job, through, you know, how were you able to, you know, get connected with folks like Kaiser? Yeah. At the time, um, I was just doing, uh, kind of a plan, uh, just through, through my personal, um, self. So we, paid, paid a lot of money out of pocket. Um, okay. but thankfully we were with Kaiser who had, you know, they have a pretty extensive network. So after that monthly bill, things were a little bit cheaper at that point for sure. Got it. So doing like the marketplace health thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you know, the other thing I'd say too, is they, they had a lot of good resources. And then I, outside of that, you know, we just, um, again, because my wife was encouraging me to find help and, because I was the main breadwinner of the house, it was like, you know, whatever it takes, whatever we have to spend, I'm, I'm going to, you know, go in network, out of network, you know, if we find someone that is expensive, but, you know, has results, then, you know, that, that money's worth spending now, because if it means another 40 good years of employment, <laughs> it's going to pay itself off eventually. Um, you know, it's kind of like giving a loan to your future, future self is like, get back up to speed and get out there and start doing things again. Yeah nip it in the bud, take care of it now before things like slowly deteriorate. Cause I think that's another thing with TBI that a lot of folks can attest to is that, um, 
man, the longer it goes untreated, the more those symptoms can stack on top of each other. And then all of a sudden you got that house of card syndrome where the tiniest little thing can poke you. And that's, that could set you back exactly. by years. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And I think there's a, I think there's something to be said too. I mean, at the time I was, you know, fight or flight, just like desperate to start making money and desperate to heal. But I think if I hadn't had my kids and my family and my need to heal for them and my need to heal to get back to work, I don't think I would be where I am now. I think having that kind of stress on top of everything helped me to, you know, I'd, I'd go see a doctor and get homework and I would do the homework <laughs> instead of come back home and feel bad for myself. Um, and it was really hard, but it was good to kind of have that goal, that goal to look forward to as well. Yeah, you, you, your wife and your kids, what are their names? Uh, Christy is my wife. And then um, I have a now six-year-old, Laird, who was three when I got injured. And I have a three-year-old now who was born um, right before COVID. And her name's Zelda. And she was born in March 1st of 2020. So she kind of threw a wrench into the system also. <laughs> yeah. So so t talk to me about you know dealing not only with a, a new injury, but... Um, a new child, you know, what did that look like with you and Christy, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 What, I, what did that look like? Yeah. With sharing some of those duties while you were trying to figure out what was going on with you. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I'm just so thankful for just how strong she was through that time. Um, my wife, Christy, that is because I just had so little energy. Um, you know, like a, a screaming baby is hard for anyone, but gosh, it would just it would shut me down. Um, and we had two of them suddenly. Uh, and so that was just, it was a, it was a big challenge. It still is a big challenge. Um, but it really, it really made it important to kind of appreciate the moments that were good and to take care of myself when they couldn't be good. <laughs> like there was a lot of times of, we have a small house. So there's a lot of moments of just, you know, going into the, master bedroom closet and closing the door and sitting in the dark for a while. <laughs> the closet, literally yeah. getting away to the closet. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just like when everyone's telling you to rest and be quiet, I was like, well, that's not possible here. So I got to find, find another way of dealing with things. Yeah. But it seems like instead of getting angry or frustrated or just leaving the house, you found, a, you know, a different way around it. D did it work? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I, again, I think, you know, my speech therapist told me something when I was seeing her and I was talking about how it was hard to, you know, read and walk around or hard to do work when the kids were screaming or hard to do the the exercises she had given me. And she said, you know, you, you're not going to break your brain by trying. And I think, I think the point she was getting at was, you know, I, I could push things to where I got, you know, migraines and I knew to stop. But I think there's a desire to not push anything and just to kind of sit, sit in a place that feels a little bit better. Um, and I, I think it was the good thing about my kids was they pushed me outside of that comfort zone where it was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta find another way around this. <laughs> I can't turn the volume down on them and I can't leave. So we have to find a way to where, I can enjoy being around you guys and not 
not lose my brain. <laughs> yeah. And, and not, not yell and scream and run away and all that stuff too. Yeah. It's the way of finding out how to navigate well, the rest of the world while you're dealing with what's internal too. Um, and you know, I would say Joe that I feel the same way as you too, is because man, sometimes, you know, I do have that, um, well, the fight or flight that I'm like, you know what? I just want to go curl up in a ball somewhere far, far away from all of this. Well, unfortunately, it's 930 in the morning on a work day. I can't really be doing that. So, you know, I find some ways to, you know, five minutes for me, you know, go find, I don't know. Honestly, I think yoga is one of those things that I go and just kind of like sit there and breathe for a second, five minutes, just breathing, taking a moment, maybe move my arms, get out of a seat for a sec, go walk around. And, um, at least for me, I've found that that helps me, uh, well, get ready to fight <laughs> get mm-hmm. ready instead of run away. Um, now as your, as your speech therapist was, you know, giving you some of these tactics, you know, what were some things that you found worked for you? Um, you know, those, those little, um, those little life hacks for when your brain starts really throbbing. Yeah. You know, the, the biggest one for me, and it's something I'm still really working on, but it's just kind of that self advocacy of, Hey, I, you know, um, for me, like there's certain things that come on, like I'll, I'll get, uh, you know, ringing in the ears and I know that bad things are coming <laughs> from there. And it's, it's like that self-advocacy of, okay, I need to ask someone to take on some of the things I'm doing right now. Like whether it's asking my wife to take over dinner or help out with the kids or at work, asking someone to, you know, maybe do something for me so I can sit down for a minute, but it's that um, like taking care of yourself in the moment. Um, and then also taking care of yourself, like over, over the days and the weeks where, you know, if you have a slower day, um, on the weekend, say that you don't feel bad sleeping in, or you don't feel bad laying down for a little while for a nap. Um, I'd say that was the biggest one. And then after that is probably, uh, just kind of like slow meditative things. Um, there's a, there's a practice called yoga nidra, which is kind of a, it's a meditation that's guided Yeah, and you just lay down and you just, you do like a body scan and, you know, just kind of try to zone out <laughs> for a while. But it, it feels like you took a nice long nap after 10 minutes of doing that. And I found that really, really helpful, especially in the early days for sure. Was that the sort of stuff that you'd done before hitting your head or is that all after? That was all new. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was really helpful to find. For sure. Great. Well, and speaking of self-advocacy, you know, I think one thing a lot of folks run into and my, me, myself, um, is also, you know, there's a part of me that feels like, well, this is, this is my weakness coming through. You know, if I, if I ask somebody for help, it's me being weak. Or if I tell somebody, Hey, I can't do this. It's like, you know, I'm putting more pressure on somebody else, but I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, it almost goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, like you were saying that, you know, find find the specialist now, maybe pay a little bit more money now to take care of yourself, that loan, you know, that personal loan that you're, Mm -hmm. you're investing in yourself being better in the future. Whereas, you know, I think instead of thinking of, um, of asking for a break or taking a break or, you know, recognizing when that ringing comes on that you need to sit back for a second. Yeah. That's investing in, you know, the immediate future. So instead of powering through it and then all of a sudden have something hit you like a freight train, um, you know, you, you, you avoid the freight train, jump off the tracks for just a second yeah. and then, and then get ready to, you know, board the train later. 
Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of the work I do, um, especially when, when we're in big groups, uh, you know, a lot of people there working and time's important and stress is high. The worst thing you can do is not talk about a problem that arises that, that you're not going to be able to solve because then the train keeps running and it goes off the tracks. <laughs> and I don't look at it as, you know, necessarily only my problem, but at home or at work when, when I feel like, you know, my, my brain's slowing down and I need something, I kind of look at it in that same way. It's like, I need to, I need to bring this problem up to everybody so that we can all solve it together rather than sit here and get nervous about it and then watch the accident happen <laughs> as, <laughs> as it, as it comes, comes in front of me. Yeah. Right. It's the, it's the truth. Communication really does go a long, long way. I mean, in all things in life, but especially, you know, that self-advocacy piece. Um, yeah. Uh, and it seems like you've been able to find it at work and also at the house. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it, it's slow, slow coming. It's, it's three years in, I, I was looking through my notes earlier and, you know, I have one in here that, that said, oh, you, you might not be better until the summer of 2020. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was, that was a little off. Um, <laughs> but I think, uh, I think it's, it's good to kind of take in the long haul and just say like, you know, like there's good days and there's bad days. And sometimes there's good months and there's bad months. And I have to hang on to the fact that, you know, it, even if I'm having hard right now, I know that I have felt better and that that will come back. Yeah. And I think holding on to that idea is helpful to me. Yeah, most definitely. And I see this too with, you know, just not just brain injury, but like, oh, my wife, she's recovering right now from a blown knee. She blew a knee out, what, May of 2022. So she's almost oh, a year out from it. Um, and she had that same feeling is her first major injury. She, she's, mm -hmm. she's, she's been a dancer her entire life and she injured herself dancing and she was like, I'm never going to be the same. And <laughs> the, it was a dark two or three months there, you know, when she was first, you know, non-weight bearing and mm -hmm. coming back from, you know, the, the worst of not only the injury itself, but also the second injury, which is the operation because surgery itself is another trauma. Right. Um, and so she yeah. was in a dark place, not feeling good about it now. Not even a year later, she's back and she's dancing and sure, the knee throbs and sometimes she feels like she's hobbling around the house like an old grandma, but I think she's also come around to that same mentality as you, Joe, is that um, some days there's good days, other days there's bad days, and this just might be kind of how it is, but she's pretty confident that she keeps putting the work into it, you know, the PT um, taking care of her knee when she needs to sitting back, icing, all that stuff that she will get back to maybe not a hundred percent, but like 99.5%. Um, that's cool. And I think she's made peace with that too. And, and I, myself, you know, being a, a, a veteran of many injuries, <laughs> I, I, I had to tell her, I was like, Hey, you know what? I don't think my body's ever going to feel the same that it once did. Some of that's age, some of that's self-inflicted, but, um, you know, uh, I made peace with it and hopefully you can too. And I think she's starting to come around to that as well. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think one benefit of this injury for me is, is kind of that piece of where I can, I can empathize with so many different things like that now where so someone gets in, you know, another kind of injury and you, you can say, Oh yeah, it, I know what it, 
what some of that's like for you. <laughs> and I, I have some words of advice for you, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. The recovery process, no matter what the injury is always, it's, it's a mix of the physical and the mental battle, right? Um, mm -hmm. Both parts of it. And unfortunately with TBI, that mental battle is not just, you know, keep on going to PT. The mental battle is also like, oh my God, when I go to PT, if they wouldn't turn off those fluorescent lights, I feel like I got nails in my skull right now. Um, and so, you know, TBI adds that whole other, um, you know, element of, um, you know, not just, uh, not just fighting to get the physical recovery, but also fighting to, you know, whatever the, well, like we say all the time on this podcast, the invisible injury, the one that you cannot see heal, you know, a knee, at least you can see it deflate from the size of a watermelon to, you know, <laughs> your old knee size. Um, whereas, exactly. whereas the brain it's, it's a little tougher to see. And I think that, um, uh, th that can make it a little bit, um, the grays are grayer right when dealing with a, a tbi um definitely so joe as you've been dealing with uh three years out um how are things these days you know what are the symptoms that you're still dealing with the most yeah yeah so i mean just to kind of come from it i when i first got hurt um you know i had vision issues i had uh, vestibular issues which are kind of inner ear balance issues uh i was i was running yeah you know, i'm kind of a tall lanky guy so i'm used to running into things and knocking things off of tables on accident like right. a big puppy uh <laughs> but that got that got a little worse um i had like a lot of you know slow cognitive issues and um just some physical some physical differences um and like some kind of neuro like neurodegenerative things like shaking and anxiety um so it was there was a lot. Um, the gamut. Yeah. 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 And I, I think, you know, a lot of that has gone away to where now, you know, like my migraines, instead of having one at 9am and noon and 4pm and, and then all night, like they come like a couple of times a week. Um, and I think a lot of that is slowing down um, and knowing, knowing my limits and knowing when to stop before I, I make those happen. Uh, I still have a lot of pain, like, especially up around my neck. Um, I was actually in a motor vehicle accident around this time last year, uh, as well. So that didn't help, <laughs> help things either. Um, but still have a lot of shoulder pain and neck pain from that. Um, but a lot of the other stuff has gone away. Um, and even some of the cognitive stuff, you know, I, it takes a lot more effort to kind of be where I used to be like brain brain wise, but I feel like I can almost get back up there. Um, maybe just not for as long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for a couple hours at a time. Fatigue sets in a little bit sooner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Um, I think that's one of the things that I deal with the most too, is that, uh, um, man, when I used to be able to go, you know, 10 hours at a time without stopping, go, 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 and still feel like I was cranking things out at the same level. Right. Um, yeah, the, the the returns diminish very quickly if I don't take a little bit of time to reset. Um, yeah, yeah, but man, that's like I feel like that's such a a blessing to be in that place now for me, rather than where I was, where there just wasn't I didn't have access to that stuff at all. It felt like you know, it felt like I was so so redlined um, just to be awake and seeing things that uh, 
being able to do that for like a good chunk of the day and then maybe maybe looking a little like overextended at the end of the day is a is a pretty good improvement for sure <laughs> yeah that's the truth and, and and i mean it sounds like your job well you know you and i we, we both work media jobs you know i work at a radio station up in uh summit county and i've worked at newspapers and magazines and you do video production those media jobs like you were alluding to they can be long days, they can be demanding, and the production has to happen because it's not like you can tell somebody, oh, missed the shot, we got to go back and do it. Right. You got to be on exactly. and get it because there's a lot of people depending on it happening. Um, these days, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me about, uh, you know, yeah, because um, I'm guessing video production, it's not just your career, it's also a, pa- a passion, yeah? Something that you like, you, you take pride in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, you know, the some of the things I do are kind of high high action too, which I used to, you know, just kind of jump into head first and I feel like in the last few years like especially having kids but then having my injury, it's like, all right, we got to find like safer <laughs> safer ways of doing some of these things and also that self-advocacy thing of just like, you know, I'm uh especially in my position on a lot of these jobs, I'm not only in charge of my own safety, but you know, both what I say and, and what I do and how people see me acting, uh, kind of sets the tone for the safety for everybody else on set also. Yeah. And I I think, you know, a lot of that's just growing up (laughs) and it's maybe things that I put off, you know, up until this injury that now I'm like, okay, now I'm going to like take that step and and grow up and mature in this way. (laughs) And like, you know, this is very fun, but I also want to be doing this up until my, you know, seventies or, or whatever. So like, let's do it in a way that's sustainable. Um, and not just fun right now. Yeah. I've, I've, I've talked about that exact same thing with one of our local support group mentors up here in uh, summit County is that, um, you know, uh, I am either 100% in or 100% out. I don't go do something crazy or new or different if I'm like 90% sure on it. I'm like, no, 100%. I can make this happen safely and come out the other side. Otherwise, exactly. I'm like, nope, nope, it's not happening. Let's find a different way to do it. Now, I got to ask you, Um, you mentioned a motor vehicle accident about a year ago. Was that on the job? Was that related to work or was that totally you know off the clock? Yeah, it was on the way. Um on the way to a job, I, I was heading up to Central City on that that crazy Central City Parkway, and we had a May, I think it was like May 3rd, it was a crazy snowstorm yeah. that just hit, and uh, and me and a 18-wheeler and a couple other cars all just, you know, hit hit the biggest downturn, and, and everybody lost all their, all their traction whatsoever, and just went ramming into each other, and I, you know, I had a nice encounter with a, one of those giant snow plows, um, and, uh, you know, spun around a little bit. And I, again, I, I was, you know, up and around and moving around and talking and, and walking afterwards, but it was kind of one of those things where I was like, I need to sit down and maybe kind of take stock of how I feel and what's going on inside before I jump out and start helping, Yeah, <laughs> helping people like I might usually do. Most, did you take another knock on the head in that one? I think so. I think it was a little, uh, you know, I was going like 30 some miles an hour sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was kind of that sideways whiplash. Got it. Um, which, you know, I think I took a little more emotional trauma than uh, physical, but I've, I've worked through 
a decent amount of that. <laughs> good, good to hear good. it. Yeah, I, yeah. Because again, you know, talking to folks that I know that have had uh, brain injuries, severe brain injuries from cars and other motor accidents, man, the the, the PTSD that can come with just simply getting back in a vehicle um, can be like debilitating. Some people go, you know, they go months, even years, without even being able to, able to drive down the street again. Um, yeah, I think again, you know, I I took the I tried to look on the bright side of it, and I was like, I can. I can move my neck enough to look around and I can drive. So I was in the car as much as I could be, you know, the, the seatbelt still like I had a big bruise right where the seatbelt went all the way up my chest. And, but it was like, I'm still going to just get in here and do this. Cause I don't, I can't not drive. Uh, you know, if, if I have the ability to, I, I got to get back in here and start doing it again. Yeah. Um, cause I just don't want that to settle in for sure. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Well, I'm glad that that's, that that's worked out for you. Cause I, I, you know, I feel the same way. I've had a handful of car accidents. Luckily, knock on wood. Um, there we go. <laughs> nothing that is <laughs> nothing that's been, you know, so nasty, debilitating, uh, like a lot of folks I've talked to because yeah, same thing, you know, and I also, I enjoy driving. I really do. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I love living in the mountains. I mean, there are some mm-hmm. of the best roads in the entire world up here in our Colorado Rockies. Um, just man, it's summertime's right around the corner. Hmm, can't wait for some summertime cruising. Uh, and I, I would, I would, I would really hate to lose that. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I totally understand you on that point for sure. Yeah. I one last question for you, Joe. Um, now when it comes to, you know, some of the other outside impacts that you've had from your head injury, talk about memory. What, mm. did, what did this do to, um, you know, memory, either long-term, short-term, any of it? Yeah, I think going forward, like that's probably the biggest impact that um, I got and the one that is the slowest to heal. Um, My memory immediately following my accident back in 2019 for the next year, most of that is very, very, very blurry um, to where like a month after my accident, we had a birthday party for my son and I've asked my wife several times since then, why didn't we have a birthday party for, you know, Laird when he turned three and she said, we did. Was that our house? There was a bunch of people here. You, (laughs) you talked to everybody. Um, and since then, I mean, it's, it's gotten better, especially my short term has gotten a lot better, especially with a lot of work, you know, where you sit down and write things down on, you know, the notes app on the phone and you make calendar appointments and whatnot. And I think I, you know, in some ways I'm, uh, using those to make my short-term memory better than it is. Um, but the long-term is, uh, and I guess I just say this for other people that feel it too. My long-term memory is very, uh, spotty and there's a lot of large chunks of kind of growing up as a kid or, uh, meeting my wife and dating her and our early marriage. That's not there anymore. Um, and that's been hard to deal with. Uh, and you know, I think therapy's helped kind of come up with some, uh, ways of dealing with that as well, but it's tough. It's really tough kind of missing, missing out parts of your life and trying to come up with who you are now. Yeah. <laughs> but finding, finding that personality a little bit. Yeah. I, the way I've described it to folks, cause I deal with some of the similar issues when it comes to long-term memory, um, is that it sometimes the, my brain feels like a filing cabinet that was alphabetized by somebody who doesn't know the alphabet. 
that I know there's stuff in there. I know it's in there, but I'm looking in S when I should be in C or I'm looking in Z when I should be in W. Like I, I know it's in there. And, um, I think the worst part is sometimes, you know, when you're around, you know, old friends, family, Mm -hmm. people that, you know, are reminiscing, you know, around campfires, summertime campfires, everybody's reminiscing about, you know, I'll remember that time. And you're like, I don't. And it's not because I don't care. It's not because it didn't, uh, it wasn't important to me. It's because I am reaching and the harder I reach, the further away it gets. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of like your, your description of the, you know, the, the filing cabinet that's misorganized. I, sometimes I feel like I have two versions of kind of memory loss that I experience. One is where I feel like I have the Wikipedia article on certain things that have happened in my life and I can go through them, but there's no real emotion around it. Um, like I can, mm. I can spit out some details, but I can't really see myself in that. Um, and I think that's probably normal for a lot of people, but it's hard when it's like your whole, your whole life feels that way. You know, I can, and kind of say where I went to high school, but I can't really see myself in the hallways there um, or things that happen there. And and then the other, the other thing that happens with some of my memories is like, I, I know where they used to be. And, and so I'll, I'll go into that, you know, if my brain's a big library, I'll open the door to that room and it's just empty. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's just a big bare room and, you know, I'm like, oh, I, I want to go back to the birth of my first kid. And I, I open the door and, you know, it's just kind of a dusty, dusty, empty, naked room. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, thank God for phones and some pictures <laughs> that I can pull up from that. Um, but again, then, then I just sit there and, you know, look at pictures of these things that have happened and it, it's really cool. And I'm amazed that I can do that but that that emotional component is missing from all of it and it's just you know going on 3 years now it's still just such a weird feeling yeah it, um, yeah it's disorienting it's it, it is yeah. definitely strange to look at these things that have happened to you in your life in big moments like you said especially like kids or mm-hmm. um, dating your wife uh, Things that, you know, you should feel that um, that strong, well, that you should be able to pull immediately from memory that are now an empty room. Um, totally. And, and I don't know, you know, Joe, I personally have not found a way to rehab that connection. Um, I don't know if it takes time. I don't know if it takes certain, you know, like you said, maybe you know, you, um, tactics you learn in therapy. Um, but I personally have also not rehabbed that connection between um distant memories and you know uh the fact i was there yeah yeah i think you know i i take i take a couple things from it my something my therapist tells me which i i have really learned to take in is is sometimes i'll say things like that and she'll just say wow that that sounds really hard for you and then that's it (laughs) and but she means it and and i'm like yeah i guess i can like I can take a moment to mourn, mourn some of that. And even if I don't have a solution for it, or if one never comes, I can just kind of sit, sit in that it's hard for, for that period of time and then move on. Yeah. <laughs> move on from that feeling. You know, that word mourn, that's one that I think I've also latched onto. And it comes from, um, well, it comes from 
somebody I dated way, way back when, and she would talk about, you know, mourning the loss of a relationship or mourning, you know, the loss of a friendship, you know, these things that kind of come and go fade and pass things that, you know, were intensely important, maybe at one time in your life, but now mm-hmm. five years, 10 years removed, they're not. And, and if you don't give yourself time to properly mourn the loss of those things that were very important to you at one time, um, they're not exactly dealt with. You know, they, they, they kind of, exactly. they linger like, well, the skeletons in the closet that are, who knows when they they might jump out and <laughs> scare the shit out of you or, exactly. they, yeah, or, or really disrupt you in some way. Um, but no, I think that's great. It, it's, yeah. It, yeah. Mourning is, is an, is an important part of any of these things we've lost relationships or memories. Yeah. And then I, I think there, there's like one other thing too that I, I mean, maybe this doesn't work for other people, but at least for me, I've tried to just kind of be appreciative of how in the moment that some of that memory loss puts me. Like, I'm sure there's things that I used to feel shame about or feel bad about or, or use them to define myself. And I, I know a lot of those are no longer there. And I think, um, I think that just kind of helps me to see myself who I am right now. And, you know, kind of, there's like a idea that, you know, the past is all an illusion anyways, because we're just making it up in our brain. You know, it's just our, our, our broken memory kind of reforming things into its own story. And I think those things are all really good, but there's also, you know, like right now, the most important thing in the world is for me to be sitting here talking to you and, whatever's going on with my family or the world, like that's happening, but I don't have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. And so I think like a lot of my, you know, the past 38 years of my life, I I'm glad they were there and I'm thankful for them. And, but at the same time, like, I'm, I'm just glad I am where I am right now. And, you know, I have hopes and dreams for the future that I can kind of detach from whatever, whatever might've been held on from those things from the past too. So that's how I try to turn that one around. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I like it. And I'm going to let my uh, my nerd show right now. Um, I just got done rewatching one of my favorite film series of all time, Star Wars. My wife finally sat down and we watched all the Star Wars over the past couple of weeks, start to finish. And um, that's amazing. Reminds me of Yoda when he is uh, right? berating Luke about, you know, never his mind on where he was and what he was doing, always looking to the future or the past. And I know, obviously, Yoda ripped that off from... <laughs> Eastern masters going back millennia, but still sure. it's, 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 it's that concept that sticks with me that, you know, to, to take a little advice from Yoda, from little green guy, keep your mind on where you are, <laughs> what you're doing. And that might actually help, well, help you in the moment. <laughs> Cause there's not much you can do for you in the past. There, there's, there's nothing you can do for you in the past. All you can do is just take after, take care of yourself right now. And, well, the future takes care of itself. No, I love it. We we have a bunch of Yoda stuff sitting around the house from the kids, so I'll have to think about that every time I see I see a Yoda around the house from now on. <laughs> yeah, I am so happy that this next generation of kids is finding Yoda. Although they're probably calling him Grogu, right? Because I think I think right. Baby Yoda is the one that everybody's into these days. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> great that's oh, too good uh, well joe thanks again for making time to get on here and talk and hey man next time i'm down in uh the front range i'm gonna have to stop by and say hi to you and maybe even stop into uh, one of Susie's um uh, meetings like i said i'm talking to her soon for the podcast too I, i'd love to come down and meet everybody in person yeah absolutely please do and i i really appreciate 
what you guys are doing with the podcast. So please keep it up. It's been and, really great. Well, and I appreciate you and everybody else who's made time to be on here and everybody else that's listened because uh, it's one of those projects that it's only as important as the people who are involved. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's been very humbling and I think a, a huge learning experience for me too, to talk to folks from all over the corners of the state about what they've been dealing with. Not a single similar story other than fact we've nailed our heads at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. I love it. Well, Joe, thanks again for making time to talk. Best of wishes to you and the kids. And of course, look forward to meeting you sometime here soon in person. Thanks, Phil. All right. Of course, it's been Joe Movic here on the BIAC podcast, TBI, Talking Brain Injury.